Welcome to New Hope Church. I'm Christian. I'm Pastor Sheldon. And this week we're going to be starting a brand new series called the Spirit, uh, the Fruits of the Spirit. So tonight we're actually we have Chad Kaneko sharing about the Spirit of Love. Yeah, and when we go through the Fruit of the Spirit, if you look in your Bible, Galatians five twenty two is actually where we're going to be. And in this new series, when we talk about the Fruit of the Spirit, you're going to find that in every one that it's it's going to challenge us because it is not separate from the other. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So it's, it's all together making up the fruit of the Spirit. So it's not one individual alone by itself where you can say, well, I want to, I just want to have the Spirit of love, but not the Spirit of kindness. No, it's all together. It's the fruit of the Spirit. But uh, Chad Koneko, he's been serving uh, in our crossover ministry, which is our young adult ministry for about five years. And he's been... Uh, giving the word out, teaching the word of God uh, to our young adults, uh, even with our youth. And sometimes he'll uh, go with our youth ministry and, and teach there and, and hang out there because he has a heart for the next generation. And you can see that in his life, and it is evident uh, even between he and his wife, Shana, who they have been married going on three years, right, in August. Four years. You guys are going to make four years in August. Still going strong, though, yeah? So uh, we're going to welcome up Chad Koneko as he comes up and shares with us. Would you do that? Would you give him a warm welcome as he shares the word of God? Galatians 5.22. Thank you, Pastor Sheldon. Christian. Now, welcome, everyone. Um, tonight, we're, we're starting our new series, and it's called Spiritual Fruit. And from this is going to be a great series because we're going to learn from each of the different characteristics of the spiritual fruit. So there's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The reason why this is important is because the fruit of the Spirit is a result of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. And one of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit is to bring change in our life to become more like Christ. You know, just like if you're planting a fruit tree, you know, you take the seed and you're going to dig a hole in the ground. You're going to put the seed inside, cover it back up. Then you got to water the seed and you're going to put fertilizer. You take care of it until it grows. And as it continues to grow, you continue to give it water. You continue to give it sunlight. And eventually you have a tree that were your fruit tree, and the end result is to bear fruit, and you would have fruits. Or if you're somebody who likes to cook, and maybe like you make desserts or cake, you know, there's all kinds of ingredients that you're going to put together so that the end result is something good. Uh, a couple months ago, I kind of learned this thing called um, Sam Choi steak, and I didn't know what it was, but um, so a, a friend of ours taught us how to cook it, and basically what you do is you get this pan, you put it, you know, just put it on your stove, you heat it up really high, you take a nice thick steak, and you don't put any oil, you, know, you don't even season the steak, you just take the steak, and you throw it on, and once it's, you know, once it's super hot, and it hits that pan, it starts sizzling, and you get that kind of sound, and all the aroma starts going up into the air, and so you let, you let it sit for a few minutes, then when one side's done, you flip it over, same thing, it starts sizzling, and all the aroma starts coming, and I don't know if you guys' mouths are watering right now, but I'm getting kind of hungry, but it just takes only a few minutes, and then when you're done, you add seasoning to the steak. You know, you put, we just put a little bit of Hawaiian salt, pepper, some garlic salt, and rosemary, and when we got into it, oh man, it was the 
best homemade steak I ever had. But you got to put your ingredients together so that what you can get is the end result of something that is good. When it comes to our faith, you know, we're personally preparing ourselves for Christ. And we want the end result of that to be really good. In Romans 12, too, it says this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. There's a story about Henry Ford. He's the man who created the first mass-produced automobile. And he had an engineer who worked in the factory and helped design the assembly line. And so once they had put everything together and put into production, an assembly line was running, they started producing their cars and they're selling their cars, and all is good. Eventually, the engineer became really successful at what he was doing, so he becomes a consultant. He no longer has to work there. And he just kind of goes on the side. He becomes a consultant. So production goes on, and they continue to mass produce and sell their cars, um, working through the assembly line. And then one day, there's a, a situation happens. They have a problem with one of the machines. And so everybody, they're checking it out. They're looking at the machine. They're wondering what's going on. They try to do what they can. They can't get it fixed. And so they call the consultant. Consultant comes over. He takes a look at it. You know, he asks them a few questions. Takes a look at it again. He asks them some more questions. And then he leaves. He goes out to his car. He comes back and he brings his bag with him. Sets the bag down and he brings out a hammer. Looks at the machine and just pack one hit. And everything starts working. Everything's good. Everyone's happy. They're able to, to continue to sell their cars and continue to, um, to work. And so the consultant, he then sends the bill, submits the bill to Henry Ford. So Henry Ford gets the bill and bills for $10,000. He sees the bill and he's so outraged. He's like, $10,000? Like, how can you charge me $10,000 for just hitting the machine? You only hit it one time. He says, I won't take this. Resubmit the bill. So he gives the bill back to the engineer. He resubmits the bill. He gives it back to Henry Ford, charges him $10 for hitting the machine and $9,900 for knowing exactly where to hit it. (laughs) The point of this story is that knowledge is powerful. It's not just information. It's specific knowledge, detailed knowledge that guides us to make decisions that are effective in drawing us closer to God's will. And so we want to take God's word, and we really want to let the Holy Spirit teach us so that the fruit of the Spirit is represented in our life. So in Galatians 5 is where we're learning about the fruit of the Spirit. Paul is talking to the people of Galatia because they've kind of fallen in this place where the religious leaders are pushing legalism. And if you kind of remember last week, we, we talked about the religious leaders having 613 laws that they're supposed to abide by. And I just learned recently that those are kind of like the primary laws. There was actually hundreds more on top of that that they are requiring people to live by. And they also kind of pushed that the, mausolo, the laws of Moses, where Moses was given the commandment that they needed to be circumcised. And so, what Paul is saying is that our salvation is simply in faith. Jesus died for us and paid the price for our sins, which now means that our salvation is by faith in him. And then Paul, he goes on to teach that while our flesh has desires, 
we are to choose to walk by the Spirit. So we're going to read in Galatians 5. If you want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to start in Galatians 5 and in verse 19. And I'll be reading out of the NIV version. So if you want to follow along, here's what it says. The acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What is key to, that, to know here is that we belong to Christ. In John fifteen four, it says this, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No get, no. Branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. So he's given us an an illustration that the branch needs to be attached to the vine. If it's not attached to the vine, that means it's not connected. That means there's no life, which also means it cannot bear fruit. And then he, he goes to us and he says, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so Jesus gives us a really good example that what our life will look like is dependent upon what we remain in. And he is saying that if we are going to bear fruit in our life, then we must remain in him. And so tonight I get to share with you about the spirit of love. And we're going to learn on how to walk by the spirit of love in our life. And so we're going to go to, we can go to 1 John 4. And I'm going to read out of verse 7. And this is what it says. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God, whoever does not love, does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our friends. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Out of this passage from John, we learned so many good things about love. And if you're taking notes... The first thing we are going to learn about walking in the spirit of love is that number one, we must receive God's love. Going back to what we just read in 1 John 4, 9, I'll say this again. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And what's interesting about this passage is that God shows his love through, through giving which means that we are to receive. So uh, let me ask you this. How many of you want God's love in, in your life? You know, we want his love, and we, we want to be saved. We want his blessings. We want to have him in our life personally. We want, 
We want his love and direction for our life. But I wonder if there are moments that God's love is there and we just don't quite see it for what it is. Or maybe there are times we, we turn away from God. Or I wonder if at times we don't like the directions or the, maybe the instructions he gives us. Maybe it doesn't seem like it's even for us. There's a story in um, 2 Kings 5. It's about a commander of the army of Aram. And the commander's name is Naaman. And he's a very successful uh, military leader. He's won many battles. He has a big army. And he's very well accomplished. And so as great as, as he is in what he does, one thing that he has as a setback or um, um, that is not so good in his life is that he has leprosy. And so he hears about an Israelite prophet named Elisha. And he hears that it, he can go to Elisha and, and be healed. So he goes to Elisha. He brings his army. He brings everyone that is with him. They go to Elisha's house. And as he gets to Elisha's house, Elisha, Elisha actually knows that he is coming. So he sends his servant out to Naaman. The servant goes out and tells Naaman to that all he has to do is go to the Jordan River and to, to dip himself seven times in the river and he'll be healed. And so Naaman hears this and he's like, he's, he's kind of upset. He's like, you know, he didn't even come out and greet me. And he thought, I expected Elijah would have come out, maybe waved his hand and healed me of, of leprosy. But instead, he sends his servant and his servant tells me to go into the river the Jordan River, which is kind of, it's not a great grand river. It's nothing popular. It's a, it's a dirty, small river. And he's, and he's telling me to go into this river to dip seven times and I'll be healed. So he's upset with that. And he walks away and refuses Elijah's help. Well, fortunately, his servants that are with him, they encourage him to, they encourage him to go into the Jordan River. And so he does. He goes into the river. He dips in the water seven times. And he's healed. And then this was his response afterwards. Now I know that there is no God in all the world except Israel, in Israel. See, for a man like Naaman, with his great leadership and his riches, he probably tried every type of healing possible. He probably searched and worshipped other gods. He probably tried different sources of solutions for healing and gave every effort with himself to be healed. And so when he was healed this time... He really could say there is no God in all the world in Israel. Now, you might be seeking solutions for your problems from the best of the resources that are out there or from the people that are, are out there. Maybe you're searching for hope. Maybe you might be even really good at what you do. I know for me, when I need answers, I'll go and Google search and, and I'll ask my questions, look for answers. But also I want to encourage you to receive from God to trust in his direction and what the word says. I believe that what God wants for us more than physical need is to fulfill our spiritual need. In Matthew 4, 4, it says this. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This teaches us that we need the word of God. And so I want to encourage you, you know, if you haven't, ever maybe read the Bible, or maybe if it's been a long time since you've been in the Word, you can start now. 
And maybe, you know, you might be unfamiliar with it and you might not understand a lot. But it's just like when you have a, a relationship with someone. You, when you meet someone for the first time, you don't really know who they are. You might know their name. But you start hanging out and start to talk stories with each other. You know, you'll get to know who that person is and you keep hanging out. You kind of start to know what's going on in your life. Maybe you start doing stuff. You start going on camping trips or you start, you know, going on adventures. And, in, and it's, all, it's in through all of that, your relationship, it builds and it develops. And that's the same way when we're in the Word and we're, and we're starting. You're building your relationship with God. And when you get to know God's love, you're going to fall in love with Him. And when you fall in love with Him, you're going to respond to Him. And that's our second point for tonight, to walk by the spirit of love. We must respond to God's love. In 1 John 4.10, it says, This is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Because he loves us, we are to respond to him. And Jesus did this very well. He obeyed scripture and God's will. And one of the examples is when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this was just before he was going to go and die on the cross. And he knew he was going to die. He knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that there was going to be pain. He knew that he was going to be beaten. He knew that it would be torture. That those that were close to him could do nothing for him. He knew that he would be given a criminal's death, pinned to a cross. And in the end that he would die. But it says this in Matthew 26, 39. It says this, we learned the struggle, we learned the struggle he was going through. And this is what his what he says in his prayer. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus' response to God's plan for him was to obey God's will. You see, to walk in the spirit of love, we're going to do things contrary to our flesh. And so where we might want to give up, we keep on going. Where we might not be able to have time to help, you know, we make time. Where we might fall to temptation, we choose to suffer the flesh and follow Jesus. Where we might be comfortable in our faith, we choose to get closer to Jesus. Where we might not feel like loving someone, we love them anyways. Maybe for some of us, I believe that we want love more in our life. We want to love our spouse more. We want to love our parents more. We want to love those in need more. We want to love our kids more. But for whatever reason, maybe we we struggle. And God knows we struggle with our flesh. And so this is where we walk in the spirit of love. It's not a strength of our own. It is a strength from God. Regardless of how we feel or even think, we choose to deny ourselves and we respond in obedience to God. About four years ago, I was asked to oversee the to oversee the well. And when they had asked me, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, I have so much on my plate. You know, I had different ministries that I was involved in. There were different things going on in my life, and I was really busy. But when I was asked, I took it to the Lord, and I, and I prayed, and I asked the Lord, Lord, if, if this is something that I should do, knowing that I have all this going on, I didn't know how or what 
to do, but I prayed, and the Lord said yes. He said to, to take it on. And so as I took it on, I started making adjustments, and, and we had to learn how to serve in the well. We didn't know how to do the shopping. We didn't know how to put the meals together. Um, we didn't know what to expect in, in, the, in how much it was going to take, although I could, had an idea that it would take a lot and that there's a lot of shopping to do during, during the week. And then just during the early mornings, you got to prepare and you put everything together and you got to build a team. And as we went, we started to learn. And as we went, I found that it has been such a blessing to really see our young adults grow and serve in a church. And today, I'm glad that I obeyed the Lord. And I could have never seen what he had in plan for today. I could never have imagined the life and the blessing that would come by serving there with such an amazing team and the, that serves with obedience to God. In Matthew 5, 16, it says this. Let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the scripture for our ministry and the vision for doing what we do. Our obedience goes beyond self. Jesus constantly obeyed and he responded to God. He often went to prayer and made sure to fulfill what scripture said. He lived his life reflecting God's will. And he lived out the greatest commandment. And that was in Matthew 12, 29. And what happened in this scripture was the Pharisees were asking him, what is the greatest commandment? So he responds, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, love, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Then the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. When you're serving the Lord, you're responding to his love for us. When you live obedient to scripture, regardless that it is uncomfortable for you, you are responding to his love. When you see someone in need and you help them, you're responding to God's love. When you raise your family in the ways of the Lord, you're responding to God's love. When you praise God, even when it's tough, even when you're struggling, even when you're hurt, you're responding to God's love. When you love one another, one another, regardless of hurts, and differences, you're responding to God's love. And this brings us to our third point for tonight. To walk in the spirit of love, we're to reflect God's love. It says in 1 John 4, 11 through 12, Dear friends, since God has loved, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. What is interesting about this, these verses is that Wallace says that no one has ever seen God. His love is made complete by loving one another. And Jesus gives us an amazing example of servanthood and love in John 13. And this is where he's washing the disciples' feet. And so they're in this room... And um, in the room, there's this, the tables is really low to the ground, and that's where they sit and eat. And so what happens is, is what would normally happen is when they go into a room or a place, their feet get washed, and a servant would wash their feet. 
Now, if you think about it, it's, it's, their time is not like us. You know, they didn't have shoes. The ground's dirty. There's mud. There's no paved road. There's no sidewalks. There's animals, and it's dirty. And the servants would wash their feet. But Jesus gives this example, and he takes off his outer garments, and he takes a towel, and he wraps it around him. And then he gets down on his knees, and with each disciple, he washes their feet, and he wipes it clean. It says this in John 13, 13 through 15. It says, you, this is Jesus, and now he's talking to his disciples. And he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. What Jesus is saying is that more important than status and culture, personal expectations, differences, and self, we are to walk in the spirit of love with a servant's heart. God's love is reflected when we are living to serve humbly without expectation to receive. And Jesus was teaching his disciples how to love one another. And for some of you, you serve with the spirit of love. You serve your family and your friends. You serve in ministry. You serve in the, at work, in the community. And you do all that you can to reflect the love of Christ. And I believe this is why church and gathering together is so important. When I first came to this church, it was, at first it was hard for me to feel connected. And I didn't really know God personally at the time. But what caught my heart was the way that people here loved one another. And when we drove into the parking lot, we'd be welcomed by the parking lot attendants, smiling, waving at us, directing us. And as you come into the church, you would have people at the doors, and they'd welcome you, and they'd be smiling and just inviting you to come in. I saw the love of Jesus reflected when we pulled together for our pumpkin parties and ho'olaleas and for the different conferences and the many events that we had here. I saw the love of Jesus reflected the way the children were taken care of and how our parents and leaders would come and they would invest in studying and preparing for our children and spending time with them, getting to know them. I saw Jesus reflected in how problems are solved, how we sacrifice, how some, some of you through every Sunday and every Wednesday, every week you're here to serve God and to love people. It takes the body of Christ to come together and to take on the role of a servant so that someone might see Jesus. And I think that's why Jesus left his disciples with his final command. In Matthew 28 from 18 to verse 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely am with you always to the very end of the age. And I'm going to call um, Glenn to come out.
Jesus' final commandment that he gives us. I love that he says, surely I am with you always. Like we learned earlier tonight, he is the vine and we are the branch. We are to remain in him. And when we remain in him, we will bear fruit. To walk in the spirit of love, it's not something that we do on our own strength. We can't. We deal with flesh. And each one of us, we, that we, we struggle with this. And it's okay. God loves you. And his promise to you is that he's given you the Holy Spirit. He's sealed you with the promise. And for all eternity, you will be with him. And the Holy Spirit empowers us. It's by his Holy Spirit that we serve God, that we love one another, that we reflect the love of Christ. Because he's a giving father. And he calls us to be the church, to be the light in the world, to love those who are far from him. And I want to encourage you to keep going forward. Keep pressing into Jesus. He has purpose for you, an eternal purpose. And we can live that today. We live that eternal life in Christ today. And we do it by the power of his love. In John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved the world world that he gave his own and only son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life he so loved the world he so loves you and he invites you into his life he so wants a personal relationship with you it doesn't matter where you're at it doesn't matter what you're going through but he asks you in faith to give your life to him to respond to him to trust him so we can be a light and reach those that are far. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this series that we're diving into about spiritual fruit. And all fruit are from you, Lord. It is by your spirit that we can be a light into the world. It is by your spirit that we can show love. And it's not easy. There are difficult things that we're dealing with in our, in our life. So I pray, Lord, for those that are struggling, that, that they need your presence in their life. That in the struggles, Lord, regardless of what they're thinking or feeling, that they choose you, Lord. It's a, it's a way of maybe we're suffering, but in a, in a way we're also glorifying you. May we be bold and courageous and obedient to who you are, Lord. To the plans that you have for us. And you love each and every person in this world. And so, Lord, I pray that as a church we rise up. That we serve in the way that you have taught us in love, Lord, for one another. And that through one another, that through our love for each other, that people will come to know you. That more and more would come to know you, Lord. May we be a church like your disciples. We're, another word for it, we're students. May we be a student of you, Lord, to, to be humble, to learn, to trust, to obey. 
but more importantly, Lord, to live our life in complete and unconditional love for you. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, Chad. Thank you so much, Chad, for bringing that word. I know for me that uh, when he said the spirit does things contrary to the flesh, I, I already thought about how I react and how my flesh is. And so at the same time, my flesh will also do things that are contrary to the spirit. And the good news is because of God's love for me, I'm able to overcome that and to receive his love, even in those moments, and then to respond in the way God would respond, not with my flesh, but with my spirit. And then that way I can reflect the love of Christ. So that is something that I think I need to be working on. And I don't know about you, Christian, if you receive. Um, for me, just what stood out for me was just the importance of staying connected to the vine and just receiving God's love. And I work with the youth, and we tell them all the time, it's like, hey, you know, you really got to do your devotions. And the number one they tell me is, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It's hard, okay? And I love how Chad put it that it's like when you first meet somebody, it's, you know, it's going to take time. You just got to keep at it. And after a while, it's going to fall in love with that spirit and such a great thing. Yeah. So I'm sure you grabbed something. So get a gem tonight. Let it marinate in your heart. Let it sink in. Let God do something great.